Hey there, I'm Catalina Villegas. I'm the host of Rolly's Experts Explain Everything podcast. Rolly is the platform where journalists find experts for their stories. It is created by journalists and for journalists. And as a journalist myself, I love to find fascinating people on Rolly. Experts with so much knowledge and insight, and yet it rarely makes it past the headlines. So I'm bringing on one of those experts to answer all of the burning questions I've ever had about their field. Today, I'm chatting with Holly Kaplan about pink collar jobs and the pink collar recession. Holly climbed the corporate ladder for over 20 years. She's a speaker and the author of the book, Surviving the Dick Click, A Girl's Guide to Surviving the Male-Dominated Corporate World. Holly, it is so nice to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me today. I'm glad to be here. You know, Holly, I love that you have written this book. Tell me a little bit about uh, your climb up that corporate ladder, and what inspired you to uh, take on this this topic? I was in corporate America for almost 25 years, and the majority of my time was spent in what's called the medical device industry. It's where you go into surgery with doctors, and you assist in them using your equipment, and it's traditionally a male-dominated field. Well, I became a sales rep, and then I became a sales manager, And I was the first female sales manager at the boardroom table. And I went in Catalina kind of thinking this is going to be no big deal. I did fine in my sales role. Management's going to be just as easy. But then I found that there were significant differences in how men and women function at that level. So I started to journal my experiences at meetings, um, at the boardroom table, wherever I was with my my colleagues. And I found that there was a significant amount of bullying, shaming, and ranking. So in my journal, I wrote about these experiences. And I thought, Catalina, I was like, there are going to be other women who are going to go through these same things. And I thought, this is going to become a book. It's going going to become a guide for other women who are facing the same situations. Because I thought, I don't want them to have to go through what I've been through without having some type of mentor there to help guide me. Wow, and your book does exactly that, right? It's a, It really is a survival guide <laughs> um, in that sense and in a great resource for women entering um, those professions that are usually more male-dominated. So I wanted to speak to you um, about the pink collar recession, something we've been hearing a lot about, but I wanted to start with some of the basics. So tell us exactly what we're talking about when we talk about pink collar jobs. The pink collar jobs are those jobs traditionally held by women, like teachers, social workers, those in the hospitality industry, nursing, or in childcare. That's where the majority of women are in their careers. So we've been hearing a lot lately that the pandemic triggered a pink collar recession. Is that actually happening? And what does it look like? Yes, because women have the people interfacing jobs and they were displaced because of the shutdown. If you think about teachers, a lot of them went home at first. We didn't know what we were going to do. Those in the hospitality industry, I mean, hotels shut down, right? Catering managers had nothing to do. They, They didn't have any other options. So that's how we were really impacted in those main areas. You know, obviously, we've all been impacted by the pandemic in many ways, but we know that traditionally recessions impact uh, men more than women. Why was this so different? 
because we're the caretakers, because all of our kids came home and we had to do our jobs from our homes. And if you had a job that you couldn't do from your home, you had to find another option. Like for an example, if you're a nurse, you have a human interfacing job. You can't give an IV through a Zoom call. Do you see what I'm saying? (laughs) So a lot of us were displaced because of this. And then we're at home with their kids trying to hold on to whatever kind of job or career we have. Talking about this reminds me of some of the data we've seen recently about burnout. We know that um, the pandemic has also had a real unequal impact on burnout, specifically among mothers. Mothers say they are way more likely to experience burnout than fathers. Um, And I wonder if you have anything to comment on that. Okay, yeah, I was one of those people. I didn't realize how much I was taking on being a mother, caretaker, and working at the same time. It was kind of like I had whiplash. I turned around as the pandemic kind of, you know, took its foot off the pedal and went, wow, did that just happen? So yeah, more women are having burnout because we did so much at the time, you know? And so I think a lot of us are searching for a reboot because of that. Oh, absolutely. And it makes me think that the pandemic really was this double whammy for women. Not only did it impact pink collar workers, so uh, fields that traditionally are are filled by women, like we're talking about like nurses, teachers, social workers, right? Uh, but also in the home, um, women had to take, uh, in general terms, a bigger percentage or a bigger proportion of the burden uh, that the pandemic had in terms of homeschooling uh, kids and um, all of those kind of emotional uh, and mental pressures that came with the pandemic. So what suggestions do you have for women who are currently feeling burnt out at home and, and in the office? I have two tips today for that. And the first tip is find a support system. And I say this all the time, find like-minded individuals who care about you unconditionally that will support you, that you can speak to two to three times a week and say, Hey, Catalina, this is what's going on. This is what I'm feeling today because they will be an outlet for you and they will help improve your confidence and help make you feel better during your period of burnout. Secondly, my second tip on this is, make time for yourself because as women, we don't like, I can refer to myself. I feel guilty if I take out time to do something for myself, but we've got to get rid of that. If you can take a 15 minute walk in the middle of your day, just to get out and get some fresh air, by all means do it. Because when you come back, you'll come back refreshed and stronger and it is worth it. I promise you. Um, I really like these suggestions because I know that I definitely don't take enough time to just uh, go for a walk, right, or clear my head or um, take little breaks in between my work. Um, But I did want to go back to that first suggestion, you know, find mentors, find people people that you can confide in. are there any suggestions in terms of who should that be? Should we be doing that with folks in the office? Um, should we be including our bosses in these conversations? Or do we want to keep our managers out of those conversations and find uh, more friendly types? Who who should we be confiding in? I would say the latter of what you said. Find your friendly types because the people that I confide in are typically my closest friends who get me. And there's nothing to judge about. And that's who you need to be speaking with. 
Now, as we find better ways to control the pandemic through vaccines and medicines, do you see things improving for pink collar workers or are there deeper issues at the root of this? I love that question. As we recover from the pandemic, things will go back to normal. A lot of it has already. We're making strides. But Catalina, more and more women becoming entrepreneurs because they've looked at this whole situation and they're saying to themselves, I don't want to have zero control of my income in my career. So a lot of them are choosing to start their own businesses because of the pandemic. That is really fantastic, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is because they don't want to run in the situation again. You know, I was speaking with a a labor professor just uh, a few weeks ago who was telling me exactly a, a little bit about this phenomenon. He said a lot of them are actually starting new endeavors, new projects, new jobs, or they're trying their own hand at uh, maybe gig working or um, different things, but they're trying to take control of their future. I, I wonder if now we're going to see maybe uh, a wave of new industries and businesses created by women. Yes, I think we will. Right now, female-owned businesses are 84%. That's how fast we're growing because I think in light of what just happened, the pandemic gave us time to figure out what we wanted to do next and reinvent ourselves. That is the beauty if there is any in a pandemic in that it's a chance for reinvention absolutely do you have any suggestions for those women that are trying to reinvent themselves i know you've done it um my first tip on that Catalina, is to make a list because typically when you think about reinventing yourself you're like well how do i start what do i do get a pen and paper out and write down write down any type of career or job you have been interested in and leave nothing off the table write it down, make a list of 10 things. doesn't matter how silly they are or how serious they are, but begin to look at them because it will become your roadmap to your next steps. So you can vet out your list and figure out what you really could think you think could work or what may not. You know that support system I was talking about earlier? Tell them about your list. Tell them what your ideas are and talk about those ideas with them because they will help you figure out your next steps. Yeah, they say that one of the best ways to hold yourself accountable is tell someone else about your plans or your ambitions, right? And and then you'll feel a little bit of uh, pressure, maybe a little bit of peer pressure to start working towards those goals. I think when we keep them bottled up inside, it's easy to pretend that they're not there, right? Or, or keep them as goals and not necessarily plans, as we look towards kind of the future of what work is going to look like and as we get back into that and as some people restart their lives, what suggestions do you have for creating an atmosphere in the workplace that provides opportunities for women and all types of people to move up in the ladder and it doesn't turn into the experiences that you had to write about, right? And doesn't turn into a survival um, situation. I love that question, Catalina. I think that's one of the best questions I've ever gotten. Make space for them. Make space for those people. Meaning give them something to shoot for. Give them a goal. Talk about how they want to get promoted. Give them a voice because you don't have to be in survival mode 
like you said, you have to have an environment where you enable your employees and staff to grow. And that can start with quarterly goals, yearly goals, how you want to improve on yourself personally or professionally, whatever it is, make sure that you're leading by example in your office and that's and telling other people that's how you want to treat them. Make space for them and give them a way to get there. Holly Kaplan, thank you so much for your time and thank you for all that insight. Well, thank you for having me today. You can learn a lot more about Holly and even get a copy of her book by visiting her website, hollycaplan.com. And you can find hundreds of other exceptional experts at www.roleyapp.com. I'm Catalina Villegas, and you can always connect with me on social media at Catalina Official, that's O-F-F-C-L, on Twitter, IG, or Facebook. Until next time.